This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. In Not a Gentleman's Work, the untold story of a gruesome murder at sea and the long road to truth, Gerard Coppell combines history with true crime, revealing long-buried evidence from the most notorious murder in American nautical history. The book chronicles an incident that took place aboard the Herbert Fuller, a three-masted vessel loaded with New England lumber and headed for Buenos Aires. The ship left Boston on July 8, 1896, with 12 people. By 2 a.m. on the sixth day at sea, three of them were dead. Captain owner Charles Nash, his wife Laura, and the second mate. All were slaughtered in their individual bunk rooms with the ship's axe. But no one saw or heard the murders. With the killer among them, the survivors embarked on a harrowing voyage back to port. Upon the Herbert Fuller's return to Boston, prosecutors charged and a jury convicted the first mate, Thomas Bram, a naturalized American of mixed blood from St. Kitts. He was sentenced to death, but another man on board, the sole passenger Lester Monks, a 20-year-old Harvard dropout from a proper Boston family had his own dark secrets. This book tells the fates of these two vastly different men whose lives intersected briefly but indelibly. Gerard Coppell is the author of Water for Gotham, Bond of Union, and City on a Grid. He has contributed to numerous other books, including the Encyclopedia of New York City, for which he served as an associate editor. An editor for many years at CBS News, he makes his home in New York City. Happy to have Gerard Coppell join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Gerard, welcome to this program. Thanks, Steve. So, your book is about a triple murder at sea, Gerard. How did you first come to hear about what happened on the Hermit Filler, and what made you want to write a book about it? I was Doing research for um, a book I thought I was going to write, which is uh, about Joshua Slocum, the first guy to sail alone around the world. He did that in a small ship, 1895 to 1898. He wrote a book about it called Sailing Alone Around the World. And um, in it, he explains how he uh, managed to sail hundreds and and at times thousands of miles without uh, steering the boat because obviously he had to eat and sleep and do other things. And he explained how uh, how his little boat, how he rigged it up to steer itself. And he mentioned in sort of a, uh, a passing reference how this issue of boats sailing themselves uh, had been uh, a big issue at the recent trial in Boston. And that was interesting. And, and in the version of his book that I read, there are numerous versions of it around, uh, there was a footnote which explained what he was talking about, and it was about the uh, the Thomas Bram trial in Boston. And so I started poking around about that, and I thought, hmm, well, let's put Slocum on the shelf for a while, and let's have a look at this Herbert Fuller affair. Chatting with Gerard Capel, his book is Not a Gentleman's Work, The Untold Story of a Gruesome Murder at Sea and the Long Road to Truth. Where did you, the title come from, Not a Gentleman's Work? Um, that is from uh, Crime and Punishment and uh, Dostoevsky, and uh, it happens uh, toward the, uh, the very end of the book when Raskolnikov, the axe murderer, is uh, in prison in Siberia, and... Uh, his uh, fellow, um, uh, the fellows that he's imprisoned with, g- generically say it's kind of hard, you know, with, with the translation exactly who said it, but said that um, uh, killing uh, somebody with an axe is not a gentleman's work. And there are two prime people who who 
uh, might have done the killings on the Herbert Fuller and um, the question of the gentlemanliness of it uh, applies to both of them and uh, that's why I used it um, the uh, if, if Bram did it Thomas Bram the guy who went to prison for it uh, did it well he was not a gentleman uh, he was not you know, to the manner born, and uh, so it would have been a work that, that it was a work that a gentleman uh, didn't do. If it was somebody else, and in particular the the twenty year old uh, Harvard uh, dropout, who was arguably a gentleman from Boston, then it was something as a gentleman he ought not to have done. Gerard, you have a theory about who committed the murders and why. What is it based on? Well, um, it, it's all kind of, you know, circumstantial evidence. Um, there, you know, happened a long time ago. It, it's hard to, uh, to recover all the facts, but many of the facts were, were established at the trials of Thomas Bram. He was tried twice. The first time he was convicted, convicted, sentenced to death, and on appeal, the fa- famous case of the U.S. Supreme Court, he got a new trial and was sentenced to life, from which he got out after 15 years and went on to a very uh, um, uh, full life, much longer than uh, than Lester Monk's. There, there is a lot of circumstantial evidence suggesting that uh, Thomas Bram did not do it, and that um, Lester Monk's did. Um, without giving away too much. Basically, there were, there were 12, as you said in the open, there were 12 people on the boat. Five of them slept in the aft cabin. Seven of them slept in the forward cabin. None of the people who slept in the forward cabin could have done it. The only people who could have done it were the people in the aft cabin. Three of them were killed. One of them was on deck at the time. That was Thomas Bram. And the other one, the only person in the cabin who was untouched by the murderer, uh, was Lester Monks, and uh, certainly if anybody had the opportunity to do it, the greatest opportunity to do it, it was him. Why he was would have been why he would have been uh, um, passed over by some other killer is uh, inexplicable. So the suggestion is that he was in in the right place to do it and uh, was the likeliest to have done it. We're chatting with Gerard Capel here on Speaking of Writers. His book is Not a Gentleman's Work, The Untold Story of a Gruesome Murder at Sea and the Long Road to Truth. Gerard, this murder was arguably the most notorious crime in American nautical history, but few people have heard of it. And why has it mostly been lost to history? Yeah, that's a good question. I get asked that a lot. Um, You know, a a very famous murder took place uh, nearby a few years earlier, um, the uh, Lizzie Borden axe murder of uh, her father and stepmother and that is uh, was famous in its time and has remained so um, the Thomas Bram well the the Herbert Fuller murders were as famous in their time if not more so and yet faded relatively quickly and I, I don't have a, a certain answer about that it may be that um, he was that, that Bram, the one who was convicted and and later um, uh, released from prison and pardoned by President Wilson, it may be that he was just not as uh, compelling a character. Um, he was a relatively quiet guy. Um, he you know hadn't murdered his 
his parents in a little town. Uh, he had uh, killed obscure people on an obscure boat in the middle of the ocean. Uh, perhaps it's a, a story that people could not, um, uh, you know, readily latch on to. There was no house to go to. You know, after the Lizzie Bird murders, uh, the Lizzie Borden murders or, 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 of her, uh, arguably the murder she did, uh, people would troop by their house and, um, you know, speculate. There, there was nothing to, uh, there was nothing to latch on to, I think, with these uh with these killings and um um you know a ship murder is um is a remote thing and i think maybe that that has something to do with the reason they they have become obscure some of your book is courtroom drama what can you tell us about the cases plural that arose from the crime and how one of them led directly to the miranda rights yeah um well, at the first trial, Bram, it was decided that Bram was the one who had, who had done the killing. It was a, uh, um, remember this taking place in Boston in 1896. Trial was only uh, a few months after the killings. Uh, justice doesn't happen so quickly these days, or attempts at justice. Uh, he was um, black, or at least racially black, and appeared so. And, um, you know, that might have had uh, some influence. But Bram was uh, convicted at the first trial um, and sentenced to death. That was the only um, option for the jury in this case. It was a federal trial because it was a trial because it was a case uh, that happened at sea, a crime that happened at sea. So it's automatically in federal um, circuit court. And the first level of appeal and actually the only level of appeal of of appeal from a case like that is to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court um, reversed. They found an error at the trial um, that Bram had been unfairly questioned uh, by a detective that, and in fact, when he was questioned, Bram, he was shackled and naked. And he made some, what could be interpreted as um, statements that, that might reflect his guilt, or you could look at them the other way and say they were not at all. But in any case, the Supreme Court said this is no good. It's a violation of, uh, um, was a violation of Bram's Fifth Amendment rights to remain silent. And um, it's the first time that the U.S. Supreme Court made a decision uh, based on the Fifth Amendment. Interestingly, in 1897 was the Supreme Court decision, uh, the first time they ruled expressly on the uh, Fifth Amendment. And in any case, this begins the um, the long road to the Miranda warning 70 years so years later, uh, in which a the Fifth the Fifth Amendment is interpreted specifically. Um, to grant um, the accused the right to remain silent and also the uh, the right to an attorney. So the Supreme Court appeal uh, leads to Miranda and sends sends back uh, sends uh, Bram back for another trial. The second trial, he is again convicted, but this time um, sentenced only to life in prison from life in prison, from which he is, as I, I mentioned earlier. Um, he is released and uh, uh, on parole and then pardoned by President Wilson and ultimately goes on to a successful and long life. Gerard, what was your research process like for Not a Gentleman's Work? Most 
of the research, the essential part of the research, was in the uh, uh, library of the Harvard Law School, where the only transcripts of the two trials reside in um, eight volumes of uh, typed transcript on onion skin paper. Uh, it's about uh, 35, uh, how many pages is it? Uh, 5,500 pages of, uh, of trial transcript. Um, that, that was the essential uh, source. And then, of course, newspaper reportings, uh, which were extensive. Also, some materials that are uh, private materials, which I was able to uncover from various sources. And, um, and also some, some, uh, some, uh, um, some reference works which, uh, which go into the trial. But primarily the trial transcripts, so that, that, that's, where, that's where the truth, as close as one can get to it, resides. The author is Gerard Capel. The book is Not a Gentleman's Work, The Untold Story of a Gruesome Murder at Sea and the Long Road to Truth. Gerard, thank you so much for joining me. Steve, thank you. Thanks very much.